Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, everybody. This is Marshall Poe. I'm the editor of the New Books Network. NBN listeners like to read books and buy them. So we thought we'd tell you that right now our friends at Princeton University Press are having a remarkable site-wide sale. You can get 50% off books, including ebooks and audiobooks, with the code 50, F-I-F-T-Y, at checkout until May 31. You can save some real money on Princeton University Press books. I encourage you to go there and check it out. Welcome to the New Books Network. And we are live. Hello. So a, a huge, great big welcome to children's author and newly an agent, Jonathan Rosen. Hi, thanks for having me. How are you? How do you say how do you say welcome in Spanish? Bienvenido, bienvenido. Bienvenido. Yes. Bienvenido and todos los patitos. <laughs> yes. uh, and uh, I'm Mel Rosenberg, the uh, host of the Children's Literature Channel for the New Books Network. And Jonathan, it's wonderful to have you on the program. No, again, thanks for having me. I was very thrilled. Okay, so but this is how it works. I get to ask the questions. Okay, hopefully I'll have some answers. Okay, so so how long? First of all, let's let's uh, let's cut to the most recent thing. Uh, you are you, you've decided to become an agent. When did that happen? Uh, it started happening probably at the end of last year, the end of 2021. I started talking to my agent, Nicole Resinetti, about uh, she was the head of the Seymour agency, about uh, the possibility of my becoming an agent to what her thoughts were about it. Uh, so she thought it'd be a fantastic idea. And uh, so we started working on it, you know, learning behind the scenes ropes, <laughs> learning the ropes and everything. And uh, finally, you know, I started announcing, I guess, in around May. So, but I was learning a lot of things before then, you know, intensive training. So we're now in November. This, by the way, mm-hmm. is our Thanksgiving special. And so happy Thanksgiving to all uh, our happy friends in America. Canadians celebrate Thanksgiving on another date. Um, and I'm in Israel, so we really forget about it completely. Um, so happy Thanksgiving. And uh, we're going to talk about your Thanksgiving special, which is your uh, wonderfully cuddly uh, book about the night of the uh, living cuddle bears that are not so cuddly. Cuddle buddies, bunnies, uh, yes. You're al- yeah, you're, you're, also, you're also an author. Um, so you're newly become an agent, and a lot of people who are listening to the show um, are going to wonder what you're looking for. I'm going to warn people that agents um, say no about 100,000 <laughs> times more than they say yes. What are you looking for, Jonathan? I'm really, for the most part, I'm wide open. I, I really am. I, I cover from everything from uh, you know picture books up to adult thrillers, memoirs, and everything in between. So I'm really open to anything. It's just got to catch my eye. Uh, I keep saying I, I do love humor, uh, so anything that's humorous, I have a soft spot for, and uh, you know. And just really anything, any anything that uh, sounds good, I'm I'm interested. If it reflects my background, like I put in my little pitch there, uh, I'm Jewish Mexican background. So if it has any of those things too, I'm really intrigued to start. 
Okay. So the Cancun Passover. Okay. Nice. So uh, let's start now at the beginning, the beginning of Jonathan Rosen. <laughs> uh, I was born in a little log cabin in Nebraska. No, it's, uh, no, it's, I was born in Brooklyn. One, one second, Jonathan, listen, we, we have to decide. Um, yeah. There has to be like a safety word. So we go back to being serious because if you pull me out on the humor, we're not going to say anything <laughs> of import. We're going to have a lot of fun. Uh, the New Books Network is going to fire me. The Seymour <laughs> Agency will not fire you. I hope not. <laughs> okay, so seriously, a little I was, bit about you. I was born in Brooklyn. I was born in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, I've lived in many different places, though. I've lived in Mexico for a couple of years. I've lived in Israel for a couple of years. And uh, Florida... A couple of years, a few years when I was a teen, and now I'm back in Florida now. Okay, where in Florida? I'm down in uh, Tamarack, Florida. Okay, but you don't Southeast, want... To the southeast you, section. You, you don't want authors coming and knocking on your door. Jonathan, do I have no, a manuscript No, not, for not, you? not again. Not again. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> okay, so you, you actually grew up in Brooklyn? I grew up in Brooklyn. I'm a Brooklyn boy. Mm -hmm. Because you tell everybody that you're Mexican, so come on. Well, I my father was Mexican. My father was Mexican Jewish, and I did live in Mexico for a couple of years. So uh, I still have a lot of Mexican family. I love Mexico. I love visiting Mexico. So yeah, it's a big part of my identity. So your your soft spot as an author mm -hmm. is I'm going to say eight to fourteen, probably. For now, I right now I'm on I am on submission with my with my agent with an adult uh, an adult thriller, actually trying to diversify a little bit, I guess. Trying to scare the crap out of her. Yes. <laughs> so it's Listen, uh... you know, I, I I read your book, you know, <laughs> the the Night of the Living Cuddle Bunnies, and yes. I I nearly peed in my pants and I couldn't sleep that night. <laughs> well, I hope you hopefully you laughed as well. I did. Yes. I did. Uh, okay, so so uh, let's go back. So I have a theory, and my theory mm -hmm. says that uh, we write to the period that we're stuck at as human beings. So I write picture books that sticks me at the age of five. What age are you stuck at? That probably is a good. That, those were very good years. That's uh, those eight to fourteen years were very good years. I enjoyed those quite a bit. So that's probably where my sensibilities lie, and probably. My uh, mind, my mind is probably stuck there. I had a lot of good memories, good friends, and uh, good times. Okay. Uh, usually, it's uh, especially people like you who also write uh, thrillers. Uh, a lot of angst, uh, but you don't have the angst. You just have the fun. Not that I project, but <laughs> inwardly, we don't know. <laughs> inwardly, they might be different than the outwardly. But uh, yeah, I, I do like to have a lot of fun with it. And it's that sense of wonder. I think to me, middle grade is that really great sense of wonder that you're discovering a lot of things and everything's still possibility of being magical. You're not jaded yet. Okay. And, uh, and what did you study? How, how did you become a writer? always wanted I was always writing uh all through my youth I was always writing I was writing always writing stories if I didn't like the endings of movies I rewrote the endings that was one of the first things that I did actually rewriting the ending of a Godzilla movie that I didn't like so it's uh but I was always writing and it was in high school when one of my teachers uh Mrs. Bernie she pulled me aside after class and told me that I had a knack for that and that's really the first time that 
I, it really resonated with me because, you know, your parents are supposed to tell you you're, you're good. It doesn't mean if it's true or not, but they say, oh, this is wonderful. But yes, they're supposed to tell you that if they're good parents. But this was the first time someone else on the... Well, one second, hold on. Are, are, yes. are your parents good parents? <laughs> I feel like I should lie on the couch now and talk to you about this. No, yes, they, my parents were good. I had a nice a nice childhood. I, my parents were always good. Oh, how, how, um, how upsetting to me. So <laughs> yeah. you had a normal wonderful childhood and you still became a writer oh yeah well the writing the, the writing's part of the other thing the writing the writing has always been an escape from other issues of of life so yeah you can lose yourself in writing oh so now you see now it's getting interesting so what are you losing <laughs> jonathan well you see i always tell people this with you cannot control things that are going on outwardly in your life necessarily but with i can control what's on the page so there, there, I'm God. I can do whatever I want to happen can happen. You're God and Godzilla. So there was some yes. angst, but if you if you don't want to take us there, we don't have to go. <laughs> there, are, there are always things going on in anyone's life, and it's writing is a, always a great escape. And did you have a bar mitzvah? I did. I had my bar mitzvah in Israel. I had my bar mitzvah at the wall. You didn't invite me. <laughs> you might have been here at the time. Um, of so I had my bar mitzvah at the wall and we were, that we were living in Israel at the time. And uh, I moved from Israel probably, I think, probably two weeks after my bar mitzvah. We moved back to the States. Okay, back so, you, you spent, you spent, so part of your childhood actually you spent here in Israel. Yeah, yeah. The, the 11 and 13, between 11 and 13, I was in Israel. That's a sufficient reason to write. <laughs> yes. Yes. In and of itself. Yeah. And so and then so what happened in high school and, and what did you study at the college? You moved around a lot. Uh, I like to tell people it's, you know, my father was on the run, but no, it's uh, we moved around. We went I was in New York for several years then I came to Florida in St. Pete, Florida, and then moved this this I uh, you want so this I can get angry with my parents about my parents moved us back to New York on my senior year of high school so I spent the first three years in one place and then senior year when you don't know anyone when you're supposed to be enjoying your life then we moved again and so I was a new kid back in uh, New York in high school but uh, yeah we moved we did move around quite a bit when I was younger. Uh huh. Okay, so we're getting a little closer now to the core. Uh, <laughs> So you're back in your senior year in high school, back in New York, and then what happened? Then I started, went to college in New York and uh, worked studied in New York. what? I studied, actually, then I studied English. I started studied English. I did take some theater classes, too. I was at, it was a time that I was considering really going to theater, but for the most part, I took English classes and uh, wanting to, I guess, started thinking about writing then perhaps you didn't have any pressure more than you didn't, writing. Any, you didn't have any pressure from the folks like jonathan what kind of kind of uh geschäft is this for a uh well that's a that's why I, that's why i went out of theater from, from the pressure from the folks <laughs> so, so yes okay and then what happened so yeah, those just started writing, and I then I went into careers, several careers that had nothing to do with writing, but <laughs> of course, but uh, each one, each career, and each you know stop helps make you the person that you are, and you know helps cement your identity a little bit too. 
builds and, what and you learn along maybe, the way. Maybe you made enough money so you could go back to writing. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, I wanted to get into the lucrative world of kidlet. So, <laughs> okay, that was in jest, folks. People are going to take yes, it seriously yes, now. Yes, yes, <laughs> uh, Kidlet is lucrative in the sense that you pay money. Right, exactly, you, exactly. Um, okay, so so take us to your take us to your shift because now you know you're an agent and and you've written several books. What happened? What happened? I I've enjoyed I, I've enjoyed writing. I do enjoy writing quite a bit. Like I said, you know, it, it is a place to lose myself, and you you don't go into it for the money. That's that's for sure. You don't go into it for that. But uh, look, you never know. But. I like the stories. I, you know, every every author should like their stories. I do like the stories. I do like creating that content. Uh, I love the idea that kids have read my book out there and that have enjoyed my book. So I do enjoy. I do get a lot of satisfaction out of that. And yeah, you know, I like writing. And uh, this, I'm able to contribute to some somehow. Uh, this past year, we did. Uh, I'm, you're probably going to bring it up. We did a Jewish anthology. And that I'm really, which I'm really proud of that one. And, uh, you know, a time with such terrible rising anti-Semitism, it uh, was one of the things that I'm passionate about and to get uh, Jewish stories out. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to get there. But let's, uh, <laughs> let's talk first about the, uh, the cuddle bunnies that aren't very cuddly. Well, I love... So, uh, and also tell us how you found an agent, how you wrote the story, why okay, you well, wrote, the, why you wrote on... frightening, frightening stories... <laughs> For old Jewish oh, right, so, come on. <laughs> so one thing at a time. Then. Okay, so I, was, I started taking writing, getting back to writing. I started getting serious about writing. I'll say 2008, 2009, right around then. I started, you know, I was doing other things. I was, you know, uh, I was teaching also. I, I worked in, I worked day trading for a bit. I, so I was a, a teacher as well. And that's when I started really getting into serious back in writing again started learning, reading everything about writing, reading a lot of books, going to conferences. And uh, I got an agent, lost an agent. And so then, and I figured, okay, I got an agent that should be easy. And it took many years again between agents. Uh, and so, but I, I kept working. I kept working at it. And when, you know, the eureka, the moment that someone gets, says, you know, an agent accepts you and wants to represent your work, it's, it was a great feeling that, it resonated with you know someone else, and well, what, uh, were you were you acquiring the uh, cuddle bunny? Uh, it was the cuddle, cuddle bunny's book. I, I get the first agent. I got taken on someone else, and with with a different story, and that story is still out there. It, it never sold, but I got there. Uh, I I still love that story, but yeah. So it's you hear this all the time. Cuddle bunnies is my first real book published but it's the fourth book that I wrote. So it's, right. you know, you have others in between. But, but, but okay, yeah, so, but it was, I, Jonathan, excuse me, I have to intercede a yeah. second. Um, you have something special because only one in, I'm going to say a thousand, but it's less, writers finds an agent. <laughs> Those are the statistics. Those are my statistics. Those are your statistics, okay. No, uh, look, it came, it... She, it was very satisfying that, like I said, someone else that finds your work appealing and wants to, and is passionate enough about you and your work to want to see it sold. Uh, you know, an agent has tons of clients, and if they're and but they even though they you know, even though to other clients they say oh they they have so many clients, it's really not a lot considering how many writers are out there. So 
to know that I was one of the people that were selected, that's a satisfying feeling. So yes, and uh, and we actually sold. Cuddle Bunnies did sell pretty soon after signing, so that, that was also equally satisfying. And to see you to see your work out there. So as Cuddle Bunnies as, is your, is your fourth a uh, fourth manuscript. Fourth manuscript that I wrote. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And the others are also a middle grade. The others were all middle grade. Uh, long wow. And you, how, how come you didn't give up? You know, the ones that get published are the ones that don't give up. You give up, you don't get published, you don't get anywhere. And you have to keep persevering. You have to believe in yourself. And this is, I say this on school visits, and it's true. It's It sounds cliche, but it is true. One, you can't give up. Two, you can never let anyone tell you that you're not good enough. You you know, I do believe that some people, you know, have a natural gift that are right better than others to start, but it is something that you can learn. It is something that if you practice and practice and practice, you can get better at. Uh, so you have to keep on trying and believing in yourself. As far as the stories themselves, I I love horror, I, but I particularly love horror comedy. That's always been one of my you know, passionate things. I love those type of movies. Like going back to a kid, I loved, you know, Fright Night, Lost Boys, things like I had the Nightmare on Elm Street that were funny and scary at the same time. So that's that's one of the things that always appealed to me. And so that's uh, what I like writing about. Okay, so let's talk about the uh, Night of the Living Cuddle Bunny. Um, <laughs> I, I, I must tell you, you know, I'm like my sweet spot is like picture books because I'm basically a five-year-old. Right. Yes. Uh, but I did read this this book, and uh, it's I loved it. Uh, I, I I was amused amused and frightened at the same time. Uh, where you know, is there a wink here to the uh, uh, the picture book, the uh, kerfuffle or knuffuffle, the knuffle, a bunny, or it just happened? No, nothing to that. It's really it's the movies that I said that inspired me as a kid. It is a little bit, you know, the first two books, the sequel also from sunset till sunrise has a lot, you know, fright night in it. This night of the living cuddle bunnies, of course, you know, the zombie movies or gremlins a lot, you know, gremlins totally <clears throat> a movie I love. It's just those funny, scary movies that really made it a, an impression on me. So uh, there, there are a lot of references there. I put one of the characters there has a lot of references that only adults will get. You know, I figure if they're reading to their kids that they'll, they'll it works on two levels. One that a, a kid will get, but there are so many references that a kid will have no idea about. And I use that in the book too. Like the references he makes, I have the lead character always like, who? <laughs> you know? So it's, it's, I try to put it on different levels. If it's funny to me and appealing to me, I put it in there. And that's all that's important to me. It, it, it's hilarious. I, I really, you know, to be frank with you, I can't really see parents reading it to their kids because it's middle grade. Um, but um, I had a wonderful time reading it, and it's not my my genre. Uh, <laughs> and it, it, it starts out like any good, you know, uh, horror story with these, uh, you know, with the uh, protagonist who wants a bunny, and it's a cute bunny at the beginning. <laughs> and then it becomes not such a cute bunny in the continuation. Evil, evil, yes. <laughs> so. But yes, no, like like that's the things that I like. I I do like, you know, it reminded me a little bit like, you know, the thing like child's play or something, the cute doll. That... Exactly. And and so I'm thinking of it in terms of uh, of a Disney or, you know, Pixar something. Have you tried I to sell it as a movie? If, if they're listening, yes. But please, please contact Nicole Resinetti at so... the scene for agency for, for rights. For... <laughs> 
Absolutely. But that's good. I, always, I always write with it with a with a movie in mind. Not not meaning to that it necessarily is going to be sold as a movie, but I write picturing a movie like I'm watching it on the screen. Okay, and that, that by the way, that's how it reads. Appreciate. Thank you. That, that that's how I write. Um, that's, that's why I try. Yeah, to... it, 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 it's too bad that you already have an agent because I could be your agent. <laughs> I, I, listen, I would be your agent, and I will sell <laughs> you your own book. How's that? Thank you. <laughs> that sounds wonderful. I'd buy it. Yes. Okay. Uh, and and of course your your uh, your newer one, which is a, a kind of an anthology of bar mitzvah stories right. and bat mitzvah stories, mm-hmm. bnei mitzvah stories, and. Uh, I have I have several questions about that. How how did this come to happen? Really, what I said there, I wanted to do something with Jewish themed stories. I see, I saw a lot of. I think that's still, and probably shouldn't say it, but <clears throat> there's still a thing about Jewish stories. There's like I, I've heard many times at conferences, and I've heard from agents even uh, in the past. Maybe it's lessening now that oh. We can't sell this. It's too Jewish, and uh, you know that's really mind-boggling to hear. And you start, and there, I still think there's a problem with you know Jewish stories. Not enough Jewish stories or Jewish content, and it doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, overly identifying a Jewish. To me, I want to see a Jewish kid. I want to see a Jewish kid in stories, and it doesn't have to be Holocaust stories. It doesn't have to be this. It just be in regular Jewish stories. So I wanted to see that. I wanted to get it out there uh, so Jewish kids can see themselves. And I saw a lot of other anthologies out with other groups. So I wanted to do something. I wanted to have something for Jewish kids. So that's really how the impetus behind it. And then I started reaching out to other people. And more often than not, people said yes whenever when I asked them. And I told them what it was for. Uh, very few turned down but for the most part it was an overwhelming majority yes and to the point that you know i there was only so many that you could take and you want you know others so maybe there'll be a follow-up or something but i that's what really the impetus behind it to see to show for jewish kids to see themselves and for non-jewish kids to see that jewish kids are pretty much the same as them just different you know different belief system but the same trials the same tribulations and the same things of you know at that age you're dealing with a lot of the same issues. Okay, so how did you pick the uh, how did you pick the authors, and the, how did you like um, you know you, if you asked me to write a story, and then would you reject me if it wasn't a good story because the stories are good? I reached the first one. I you know uh, Henry Henry Hertz who did the um, anthology with me. We we started speaking to him about it, and so we between us we started getting the names. We started getting the names down, <laughs> and. Again, you know, I, it was a lot of people I knew. That was the main way to. I wasn't looking for who's who's a big author, who's this, who's. It was just people I knew who I knew that would be passionate about this as well. Those are the first people that I reached out to. Uh, other Jewish authors who who probably would. And like I said, it was they overwhelmingly got desire and they were like loved the idea behind it so that was really how I worked out there was no there was no scheming or you know plotting to see oh whose name should be attached to this uh maybe I should have done that but no <laughs> it was just it was just really people people who I knew who would also be behind it okay uh, and did you like did you say this has to be a um a real situation a fiction I gave them no no 
criteria for that, it was just that the only stipulation was that it had to be themed around a bar or bat mitzvah. That was it. We, we figured middle age, this is a perfect age, you know, bar mitzvah right there. That's it. It's right smack dab in the middle there. That was the only thing, and they could do whatever. And you know, surprisingly, we got four sci-fi, you know, stories in there, which you know, I I told no one about that. I, so I thought everyone. When I did a sci-fi story, I thought I was going to be the only one. And surprisingly, three others did as well. So there was there was no um, restrictions, you know, right? No. Whatever you want, true fiction, sci-fi, and you see fantasy, a wide variety. Yeah. Yep. And, and so, how did you sell this? Um. Well, you know, my agent took it out. My agent uh, shopped it. And, you know, Nicole and another, and another agent at the Seymour Agency. This is before I was an agent. So Lynette Novak. Uh, so they they shopped it around. And w- Albert Whitman was passionate about it from the start. They they jumped out right off and they right away they said that they wanted this. So it's there, there was a, a really good feeling. So I, to have someone. I, I've never seen out. anything like it. It's it's like it. I I can't remember books that are you know fiction and nonfiction about bar mitzvahs. It's you know, yeah that was the, that was the theme because of the middle aged grade and I thought it was just like a fun theme but it was it was really it really was a, a passion project that's really what I can say and uh, just to get the Jewish stories out. Fantastic. So now let's go back to uh, Jonathan the um, the agent. So okay. you taught, you were at Wall Street, um, you did <laughs> all Wall kinds Street. of things. Right. You said you were a day trader. I was, but that was from, from the comfort of my house. Yeah, but you know, when we say Wall Street, <laughs> you know. I, I, didn't do it in, for, I did it for myself, so mostly. You didn't do it for the money. Right, right. Well, yes, I did. That was exactly what I was doing it for. <laughs> With the day trading to, right. to help society right. overcome and for global warming. That was that was a long time ago. But yeah. Uh, it's okay. I sold pianos. Teaching, Come on, everybody did something. <laughs> the teaching, I was doing the teaching at the time. and uh, But the agenting was, after I was writing already, I was already kind of doing it, you know, recommending Pete to people where they should go with their stories or what agents and helping people to try to get something into shape. So it was like a natural progression in my mind. And, uh, and really, again, it sounds, it sounds made up, but it's really not, I give you my word. It's not, I wanted to become an agent also to help get stories that I wanted to see out there. I figured at least I have, then some say in it, you know, I don't have the ultimate say, but I have some say, hey, I really love this story. I would like to help this come along and do what I can to see it published. And is this what you're doing full time now? I'm pretty much dove right in. Should, should like, OK, so, so here, this is what I don't understand. Yeah. OK, I am now committed to writing. I write. This is what I do. I write. Everything else is a bit of unless it's music, it's a it's like. So I'm still doing writing. Yes. <laughs> okay. So you you're still doing the writing. Mm-hmm. If, I, if somebody asked me to be an agent, okay, then that's a job. True. So how do you manage the time between agenting and writing? It's you know what? It's tougher now for sure. It definitely is for sure tougher. But you have to you have to plot your time out. You have to you know plan it and say this is the hours that I'm going to do it. Uh, I keep 
terrible hours. I'm up very late at night, and that's the time that I'm writing. The, during the daytime is agenting time, and during the nighttime is my time to write. And that's really, you know, I, I don't get as much time writing as I used to, obviously, and uh, but I'm still doing it. I still make time for writing. I could be up till like two in the morning doing my writing. So that's that's Look, when you I know I, the nighttime is when the uh, the cattle bunnies come out. You know, this is exactly. the, uh, this is the exactly. boogeyman time of day or night or not. So right? that's it. You, you just you have to be disciplined. You have to find the time for yourself. And I will always find time for my writing, you know, no matter what is doing. I, my clients get my full attention during the day and I, I do everything that I can for them. But at nighttime, that's, you know, that's me. Oh, so, yeah, in a sense, you're like a, a um, benevolent vampire. <laughs> Pretty much, yes. I'll use that. I'll put that on my business card. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no, you can't. Do okay, you can. So let's now go to um, to agenting. Okay, so a lot of people that are uh, watching and listening to the show. Uh, first of all, I'm going to recommend uh, your books, um, The <laughs> Cattle Bodies, for anybody who loves this genre of, uh, of funny, hilarious, uh, but somewhat the uh, horror, uh, um, <laughs> a uh, middle age. I recommend it warmly. Not that I'm a big maven on it, but I really love <laughs> reading it. Um, and of course, this uh, beautiful B'nai Mitzvah book. Uh, Coming of age. Kind of, yeah, right. which, which blew me away. Uh, Albert Whitman. Oh, we should mention the publisher of the first book. I forgot. Sky Pony was the first book. This and the first couple Sky from Sunset till Sunrise and Night of the Living Cuddle Bunnies were through Sky Pony, which is yeah, Sky Horse now. Well, you know, ponies grow into horses. Yes, yes. Or unicorns or something. <laughs> um, so, so let's now talk about um, because I have you right here where I want you, and you're an agent, <laughs> and um, I. I Okay, so so we I, I interview people who uh, who have traditionally published books, um, and uh, you are now the gate person. You are at the gate. I know there's other gatekeepers. <laughs> there's the editors, right. the publishing houses, and uh, but you are the primary gatekeeper, and you turn away. It doesn't matter if it's ninety nine percent to ninety nine point nine percent, and. I feel I interview the the point one percent that have the beautiful books, but I feel for the ninety nine percent who don't, and this is a chasm. And in picture books, you can't bridge it because if you have a great manuscript but it's not being illustrated, then where are you in the world? Your comments, please, sir. <laughs> Look, you know I've been on the other side, so I, I get it. I, it's it's tough. It's frustrating, and. You hear the things. It only takes it only takes one person, which is true. It does only take one person, and you you want someone that's going to be passionate about your work to begin with. Uh, you want to feel when you're querying agents too. You also want to feel comfortable with the agent. Uh, you know, we you can't be with someone that you don't feel comfortable with. It's a relationship with. <clears throat> so you want that person really in your corner, passionate about you, passionate about your work. That's for one, and. You know, you got to say, keep trying. And if it's impossible for every agent, and I was seeing it from the other side. Look, I, I get it from the author's side. I've been on both sides, so I can I can speak. So I can, I can say all that. It's frustrating. It is frustrating. You're querying. And the most frustrating <clears throat> is when someone says, oh, this is great, but I'm going to pass. And I see that a lot now on the other side. I, you know, as an author, I see it. My age, my agent shares me the feedback. 
and it's it's you want to pull your hair out. Oh, I love this. I love this. I love this. But I'm going to pass. So you get you get it. It's so you you can a, tell that I've already pulled my hair yes. out. Right? Right? <laughs> it's a frustrating business for sure. It is, but you have to keep trying. You have to look at the agents. You know, if you just keep sending into agent after agent without seeing what they're asking for for one, that's what you want to see. What what type of things? I get queries. I get I get some great queries that I unfortunately turn down. And there are reasons too. I mentioned I'm, if I have someone who writes something similar. I don't want to take that other person because it's competing against each other. So I don't want that. If I have too many of one thing, I'll probably not take someone else in that, that type of genre. So there are other reasons or circumstances behind it. Sometimes they are telling you the truth, not saying that sometimes it's just not a, a, a hit. Sometimes you just don't connect with the, the material. I might hate something that you might love and vice versa. Everything's subjective. So you cannot take anything too personal. And if they do get feedback, if you, they do offer some feedback, think about it. I'm not saying go ahead and change it because sometimes, you know, the, the impulse is like, oh, this one told me to do this. I'm going to change it. The other person told me to do that. I'm going to put that into. And then by the end, you don't recognize your own work anymore. See if it, fed, see if it fits with what you want to do in your story. And then you could make changes if you want. But listen to the feedback. I, I will say with agents and I see with myself, I always thought that I was going to go personal each time. You don't have time now to start doing a personal thing for each one. You get inundated with queries. So it's usually like a quick, a quick look. This isn't for me. This is not for me. Or I want to see more of this. And, you know, maybe I'd like to see more. To you want to see more. Right. So that's. Oy, oy vey. So that's it. So that's, that's the, the options that you have, but you cannot take it to heart. I do. Work on your query. I'm going to give that advice now. Work on your query. Send out your best work. Tailor it to each agent. I get something that's sometimes I get, dear agent. That's not to me. That's just a generic thing. That's not looking up specifically what I want. Or I get things that are nowhere in my, you know, my wish list. So that means you're not doing your research. And I've even gotten in queries. This, you know, I'm sending you this page but it really gets good on chat on page three. So why is it starting here? Why are you sending me less than your best material? Work on your query work, make sure that it's really the best shape that it can be before you send it to me or to any agent. Okay. So I just ask you now a few specific questions because sure. um, I, I'm not going to ask you how many uh, um, clients you have, because that would not be nice. Um, <laughs> But of the clients that you've signed, um, how many met you at a meeting or knew you somehow or you some had some faint association with? And how many came to you out of nowhere land? It's a mix. It really is a mix. There, I took on some clients who I knew ahead of time, who I knew their work and you know loved their work or respected their work. And some just through the, the querying trenches that just email me and I, I did you know love what I saw so, so, really, so there's there's hope there's always hope there's definitely always hope with me or with any agent there's always hope it you know that's why we read the queries and okay. I I do give I promise I give a fair shot to every single one that comes in some but it has to it has to grab me right away okay do you, do you think that the agents read like you're going to get I don't know if this has happened to you but you will end up getting between two and seven thousand queries a year. I 
when I first announced that I was an agent, <laughs> I first announced I got a good portion of that right by the next day. <laughs> so it was a good portion that came in. I'm still not quite. I just tweeted the other day actually about it that because once it's double-edged sword, you want clients. So, you know, I have accumulated clients, but then you have to do work for clients and then I'd start not having as much time to go through queries. So it's it's that mix there. So I did tweet that the other day that I'm going to use this time now of the year to try to catch up and clear out all the queries. But yeah, it's it's tough. I I've still have I still have over a thousand queries in my inbox that I have to get down. You know, every time I think I'm making a dent, more come in. So it's I am going to try to uh, get to them all over this uh, the rest of the before the end of the year. But yeah, it's a lot come in, and especially when a new agent announces, they get inundated right away. I I, I don't want to disappoint you, but I have a feeling that you're going, you're going to get more and more. Uh, <laughs> I'm you... sure I will. Look, I don't discourage. I haven't closed up shop yet. Uh, I'm I know what number in my head the number that I probably will. Jonathan has closed the bit. queries until 2034. <laughs> no, not yet. I'm not I'm not there yet. Uh, <laughs> And look, I say that even if I get to that number that I'm going to be closed up, if something comes in that like, hey, I love this, I you find room for them too. So 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 basically, uh, for people who want to query you, um, you are a terrific guy. I can tell. Uh, you have a backlog of a thousand <laughs> thousand queries <laughs> to look at. Right. Uh, so be be patient. I once got a very lovely rejection after. Two years and three months from one of the best. <laughs> I hope it will come to that. <laughs> from one of the best agents in the business, and we're still in touch. <laughs> I've um, heard stories like that too. So, um, so, so for all the writers out there, the authors, don't uh, don't lose faith. Um, Definitely but, don't lose. Faith. But I'm I'm going to say something. Then you're going to correct me. When you query Jonathan, don't say this is really really similar to another book that came out by somebody <laughs> you're representing. <laughs> Well, it's right. Look, I do have specific likes and tastes. You, as you, as we've talked during this uh, back and forth, now you see some of the things that I do love. So, no, but, but if I've written something that's exactly like somebody that you're representing, you're not. Gonna I probably it. would. I probably would not. Just out of respect, uh, you're going to get. You're going to get answer number three, which is <laughs> dear, dear person. My dear person. I also, you uh, know, I've had, had the queries. If you help me translate this this can be a bestseller. So yeah, that, that's probably not the best way to go about doing a query. Dear, 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 dear householder. <laughs> right, yes. Thank you for your submission. Right. I'm, your, your, your manuscript is wonderful, but I've, I'm representing someone who's written the exact, <laughs> exact same, same thing. Except she's using carrots instead of turnips. Right, yes, uh, yes. Uh, um, but thank you very much. And I'm sure you'll have a wonderful career. <laughs> um, I, I, I have to say that... Um, the more I get to know the field, uh, and um, I've interviewed about 60 authors, um, maybe more, um, illustrators, editors, publishers, and now I've started interviewing author agents, mm -hmm. and you are wonderful. Um, and, 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 you know, people sometimes... I'm going to record that to tell my kids. I'm gonna well hold on. I'm not finished yet. Okay. Uh, be, because sometimes agents get bad get a bad rap, um, and the reason they get a bad rap is because of the territory. Because they say no, ninety nine point nine percent of the time. But they have to. And when you submit yeah. to an agent, 
um, if you don't realize that they didn't necessarily ask to see your manuscript, you want them to see it, along with a thousand other writers, you have to know that if they if they write you anything personal beyond happy Thanksgiving, that that's meaningful. Correct me. No, it's, that's, that's why I said it, you put a lot of effort into your query letter, for sure. It's the first it's the first introduction to you. You want it to stand out. You want it to be personalized. You want me to get a sense of who you are as a person and as a writer. If it's just a generic thing, you know, look, I'll still judge it by the writing, but it stands out even more if you've done your homework. I've, I've, I've had queries where people have done their homework and know a lot about me. They've included and the reasons why they're saying, and it does stand out more. I will, I will pay more attention to those and say, this person's, you know, done what they're supposed to do. Let me give it, you know, due consideration. Well, now all the thousands of people that are going to see this are here. Right. Now we'll get a ton of like You that, guys yes. know a lot about Jonathan. Right. Yes. You know, people are going to write you in Spanish, and uh, right, they're going to yeah. they're going to send you toy buddy bunnies that they suspect <laughs> do bad things at night. Um, I, I've had people try. To, I've had a query that did try to to kind of like bribe a little bit too. It's just like if I if I get them published, they're going to get me uh, either Met or Yankee tickets. One just assuming I was in New York, but <laughs> and. So I was and, a by, and, a, and a flight from South Florida. Right. Yes. I was I was intrigued by the Met tickets, but the Yankee tickets, you, you're barking up the wrong tree. Uh, so. Uh, so everybody, uh, bribe Jonathan, please. Right, right. Met, Not Met at tickets all. <laughs> and in, include the round trip flight to right, Florida course. and the three nights in a mid-Manhattan hotel. I thought, I thought that was a new approach, but no. Right. Well, so, 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 Jonathan, we're almost finished. Um, is there any sure. question I haven't asked you? Because I'm going to pitch you now, not one of my stories. I'll do that later. <laughs> but, but I have an idea. Okay. That I wasn't going to share, and now I'm going to share it. And you're the first agent in the world I'm sharing this idea with. <laughs> Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. So, if you want to speak at TED, right? What do you do? You write a few sentences about your topic, and then you record half a minute or a minute of you saying, you know, hi, my name is uh, Jonathan Rosen, and I uh, want to talk at TED about this and that. And they look at the video. So my idea is rather than rather than pitch you a query letter, mm -hmm. which is like a 200-year-old way of introducing oneself, um, why not ask people to send in a half-minute video pitching their story? And then, you, you know, instead of reading three chapters of a book, you in half a minute you get a feel if you have some connection with this human being that you're going to I'll, represent. I'll tell I'll tell you right off. I don't think it would fly. Just be, and for me for sure it wouldn't because I'd have to sit through I'd have to sit through a thousand thirty second videos. <laughs> so it's I this I can I can look at the query letter and you start getting I you know I skim to the to the relevant parts. And so I can go at my leisure. I wouldn't be able to sit there and have the patience to sit through, you know, 30 seconds of uh, of someone talking and to get to the points that I'm looking for. If if I'm all, all possibly interested, <clears throat> I don't necessarily always take, but if I'm all, all interested, I will set up a Zoom call with someone to see if I can work with them, for one, if I get a sense of who they are. And because uh, that's important to me, it's like, you know, life's too short if you can't, if you can't work with a person, if, you, if your personalities don't mesh. 
So I okay, do get so sense e e e e Even though you've you've thrown out my idea, <laughs> I still love you in this interview. Um, and I and, and this idea is going to come back to haunt you like the like the bunnies because uh, might because I'm if already I dreading become, opening my inbox after we're done now. If, if I ever become a, a an agent, mm -hmm. this is this is what I would do. I would say write a query letter. And um, if I like the query letter, um, have a half a minute uh, thing. So I'll, <laughs> so I'll be able to see who you are and how you pitch. But that's just me. I will, if I'm interested in someone, I will, I will research them <clears throat> for sure. I will check, check out their social media. I will check out to see if there are any red flags for one. I will check out if they have a website to get a sense of who they are. But if there are any red, I've I've not taken people based on some social media things, and it's not, it's not, uh, it's not politics. It's their persona. It's I don't care who someone votes for, who someone backs. I really don't. But if they have a toxic persona, you know, to other people, it's not something I want to deal with. It's not something that I want to have to defend later on, like, why is your author doing this? Like, oh, I don't know, let me speak to them. So I I do check out and see if it's someone first, that's the first step. And the second step, you know, the first step is the writing, but the second step is checking them out. And then third step is I will have a little, a meet, a Zoom meet with them to see if I can get along with them first before we even get to the possibility of, of representing them. That's incredible. You're, you're the first, I've never heard this from an agent. That's wonderful. Um, so this has also been a, a real revolutionary, <laughs> revelationary uh, interview. And um, so we're, we're here to celebrate, uh, first of all, your success as a writer. Uh, we've talked about two books, uh, The Night, I, I, I keep The Night of the Living Cuddle Bunnies, as opposed yeah, I... to the, as the ones that are gestorben. Uh, <laughs> And your wonderful new book on the uh, B'nai Mitzvahs, which both of these books are wonderful, and I highly recommend them. And um, I can uh, only wish everybody in America happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, and, um, and may your turkey be a um, <laughs> signing with an agent like Jonathan. Well, I hope not. They're dead. <laughs> so, so. I said the signing. Well, the, the turkey's still dead, but uh, yes, yes. One second, doesn't doesn't the president um, uh, pardon the, the president does pardon a turkey, but there's still only okay. A so may okay, so so may <laughs> you as a writer there we go the Thanksgiving turkey <laughs> from the president that is pardoned <laughs> by Jonathan Rosen. There's a story here, you know. There is a story, sure. The night of the living Thanksgiving turkeys. I said when I open up my inbox now, I'm going to see a dozen stories of that of turkeys now. <laughs> so. At least a dozen. Right. Uh, yes. Anything I haven't asked you? I think we've covered it. And if you haven't asked it, I'm probably pretty safe that I'm happy that it hasn't been asked. So, yes. So I really think we'll let it go. Okay. But I hope you enjoyed the show. I did. Thank you very much for having me. So, this is uh, Mel Rosenberg, host of the Children's Literature Channel, the New Books Network. And I have had a really special guest for this special Thanksgiving week, Jonathan Rosen author and newly agent uh and uh, you should definitely consider querying him he's a wonderful guy thank you very much thank you